Hi, welcome to episode one, the very first episode of Never To Be Seen Again. Of course, I'm your host, Laura LeBlanc. I'm so glad that you're listening, Um, and I just wanted to tell y'all that my plan is to release a new episode every week, and for each episode, I intend to pick two missing person cases from one state. I'll try to pick both a male and a female for each state, but some weeks um, that may not be the case. So my hope is that this podcast will remind or even inform uh, people about these cold cases and maybe it can help bring some kind of resolve or publicity. Um, And if nothing else, I hope that it brings small comfort to the families of these missing persons uh, by them knowing that their loved ones haven't been forgotten. So let's get into it. This week, we're looking at you, Mississippi. And coincidentally, uh, I promise I didn't do this on purpose. Both of these cases uh, were or involve individuals that are, that went missing in 1995. And they were 21 at the time so if you would if you could if you were alive in 95 transport yourself mentally back to that time and let's talk about miss angela lynn williams so angela or angel as she was also known is entered into the doe network under case number 1510 dfms In NamUs, she is case number MP9366, and she also has a profile on the Charlie Project. Um, All three of those websites have a photograph of her, and she is uh, a beautiful person. So let me tell you about Angela. She was born on February 12th of 1974. She is a white female. Uh, She's 5 foot 4 inches tall, and at the time of her disappearance, she was approximately 110 pounds. Uh, She has dark brown, almost black, shoulder-length hair, and brown eyes. Um, She has pierced ears, and she was always known to wear a gold class ring, which I feel like is the most important part of her case because um, that's going to be something that would so easily identify her or her whereabouts. So... Anyway, let's get into it. So, Angela's father and stepmother, um, who lived out of state, and I haven't found where they were living at. There's also not a a whole lot of information about Angela's case online. I've tried to do my due diligence, um, but there's just not a lot. Um, So, Angela's father and stepmother uh, reported her missing in September of 1995 Mm -hmm. and so when the past Christian Mississippi uh, uh, or the Harris I'm sorry it's Harry County Harris Harrison County Sheriff's Office received Angela's uh, missing persons case of course they start doing their work and um, they contact Angela's boyfriend who she lived with um, at a beachfront apartment complex off of Highway 90 in 
or I'm sorry, on Highway 90 in Past Christian. And I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, I've never been to that area, so I'm not sure how you properly say it. So forgive me if I'm saying it wrong. So they talked to Angela's boyfriend, and Angela's boyfriend says, well, Angela left with a friend, uh, a wealthy friend from Florida. So investigators do their work, and they discover that Angela, in fact, had a wealthy friend, and I don't know if this is a male or female, but she had a wealthy friend in Florida. Now, the police have never been able to determine if she actually left with this friend or if she ever made it to Florida. So she might be in the Florida area. So what we know about the last uh, time anyone has ever seen Angela was that um, so she left uh, her workplace, which was the Copa Casino. Um, I assume that's in past Christian. I'm not sure. But she left at approximately 8 a.m. on July 10th of 1995. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, and they do know that she called a friend at about 10 a.m. So, um, that is the last time anyone has ever had contact with her. They know that she um, had a best. She has a be, She had a best friend that she kept in regular contact with through um, phone or letters but her friend never heard from her again after July of 1995 um, and I don't know why they don't put a specific date um, in July but I feel like it's got to be because she received a letter after that um, that July 10th date perhaps but I'm not sure <clears throat> so what I find the most intriguing about Angela's case is that when Angela left work on that morning of the 10th she didn't pick up her last paycheck so her paycheck was still at the casino and in in my thinking if you're going to a different state you're going to want some money uh, I mean if she really was going to Florida you're going to want some money to be able to spend in Florida uh, but her check was never picked up from the, I assume it's the casino. It doesn't really specify, but she never picked up her check. And they know that her, um, her 1984 yellow Oldsmobile Fiero was left behind along with all with her personal belongings. Now it doesn't say in here. Um, it doesn't say in here if, she actually packed a bag or if there's proof that she packed a bag or anything. Um, like I said, there's very few details available about, uh, this whole case, which makes it a little more intriguing to me, uh, because I want to know so, because <laughs> I want to know so much, but I got to feel that maybe investigators, uh, do know a lot more than they're putting out into the public. Um, and investigators will do that so that, you know, so that when somebody comes forth and, and has information, they'll know whether it's true or false. So, so Angela could still be in the Mississippi area. She could be in Florida. She could be in any other state or country. She could be anywhere 
in this world. But people are looking for her. Her family wants to know where she is, if she's okay, uh, whatever the case may be. So, if you have the time, I would highly suggest looking at her photograph. Um, in, those, in the photograph provided, she actually uh, has uh, kind of curly hair. But I don't know if that's how she normally styled her hair or if that's just how her hair was styled on that day. Or if she just had naturally curly hair. Um, but I would suggest looking at her photograph. And if you know anything about that class ring. Or if you know anything about this case or have seen someone matching Angela's description. You can go on these websites and get the contact information for the Harrison County Sheriff's Office and let them know what you know so that we can bring Angela home to her family so they can they can have some kind of peace with her disappearance. <clears throat> so let's go on to our and I'm sorry there's so little information and I didn't really uh, build up that story for you like I said there's not a whole lot that I do know um, and there's not a whole lot to be found uh, so, <clears throat> let's move on to my second case of the day, um, or my second case of the week, which I actually do have more information about, um, and is a little more intriguing. Let's talk about Mr. Ronald Reed Duck Jr. So... Uh, Ronald, or Ronnie, as he is also known, is entered into the Doe Network under case number 1217DMMS. In NamUs, he is case number MP1021, and he also has a profile on the Charlie Project. So, Ronald, Ronald was born on um, June 13th of 1974. Of course, he was 21 at the time of his disappearance, and he was reported missing from Pascagoula, and I'm sorry, once again, if I'm mispronouncing that, Pascagoula, Mississippi. Um, so he is a white male that is uh, between 5'9 and 5'11. There are conflicting, uh, there are conflicting, conflicting reports on his height, but I think the majority say he was about 5'9". Um, so, uh, at the time of his disappearance, he was between 160 and 170 pounds. He has brown eyes and brown hair. Um, he also has um, a couple of tattoos. Um, uh, and he also has olive complexion, but let me tell you about his tattoos. Um, he has a, a dark winged duck on the left side of his chest and a colored dragon tattoo on his left thigh. He also has a surgical scar on the center of his chest as, um, as a result of open heart surgery when he was a child. And a scar that runs down the front of his leg. And I'm not sure if they mean like the thigh area. Or um, the like the front of the calf, uh, the shin area. Um, he at the time of his disappearance, he was a smoker, and his favorite cigarettes were Newports. 
And once again, as an Angelus case, he also has something very distinguishable that he carries with him. Um, so, he is reported to possibly have been carrying a silver uh, Zippo lighter, uh, which I don't know if y'all are familiar. I'm sure everybody's familiar with the Zippo lighter, but it's the metal ones that you flip open. Um, but this Zippo lighter is engraved with the words, Ronnie, best friends, Scott. So, I mean, if you've seen a Zippo like that, you might have a clue to this case. So, at the time of his disappearance, uh, the last time he was seen, he was wearing a blue-gray plaid shirt, uh, like a red and black or brown flannel jacket, uh, light-colored blue jeans, uh, brown leather ankle boots, and he possibly had a, a gold puzzle ring, which is another one of those things, like the Zippo letter. So, let's talk about... <laughs> the circumstances surrounding his disappearance um so at the time of his disappearance uh ronald was serving um as a united states navy electronics technician third class so he was in the navy and stationed in pascagoula it, it just just doesn't seem right it doesn't seem right to say say that but anyway uh he was last seen at approximately 3.30 in the morning on February 14th of 95. And when they saw him, he was about 50 yards away from his ship. Um, and he, him and another sailor were on their way to the, to the ship at the time. So there is a wonderful uh, article about Ronnie's, uh, Ronald's disappearance on the Sun Herald uh, website. If you Google it, I think it's the, if you use Google, it's the first article that pops up and it really does have a lot of information. So on the, the night of the 13th, he was playing pool as a lot of enlisted uh, generally do. And um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to so he was, he was playing pool at the Billiards Club in Ocean Springs. And that's where he was reportedly returning from on that morning of the 14th. Um, they, did, um, e they did eventually find his truck um, the, in the port's parking lot. But when they found the truck, the floor was muddy. And I don't know, and it doesn't indicate either way if the mud was from Ronnie. I don't even know if they know if the mud was from Ronnie or if it was from somebody else. Um, this Sun Herald article also says that there were more than a, it was more than a case of, uh, I'm sorry, a carton of cigarettes in the truck and some ivory soap that uh, Ronald would have taken with him onto the ship, but they were still in the truck when they found it. So, <clears throat> which is odd to me, but, so, at the time of his disappearance, Ronnie, of course, he's married, and from all accounts, he was a loving, devoted, faithful husband, um, and his wife was pregnant. 
I believe she ended up, um, his wife ended up having their daughter about six weeks after Ronald was reported missing. Um, and the, the reason that they found that they discovered that he was missing and I found, I found this interesting is that the Navy listed him as AWOL when he didn't report to duty. But then they quickly discovered that he was actually missing. He hadn't just ran away and not reported to duty because he wasn't keeping in contact with anybody. So they removed him as, um, or they didn't consider him AWOL or absent without leave, if anybody doesn't know what that means, um, and actually classified him as a missing person. So anyway, a week before Ronald went missing, he went home to, I'm sorry, he went home, um, to visit some family and, uh, and I'm trying to remember where home was, if you give me a minute, I'll find out, um, Alabama, I'm sorry, um, here it reports that his parents were living in, eclectic Alabama. I'm not sure if that's where they're originally from, but so Alabama. A week before he went missing, he went to Alabama to visit with family and friends. And during that visit, he expressed um, that, uh, I'm sorry, He, he expressed that he was actually afraid to go back. Um, because he had turned another sailor in for drug use right before he left. And he was receiving threats um, because of it. So he was being threatened because he turned somebody in for using drugs. Uh, in this Sun Herald article, um, it mentions something about uh, how Ronald was also in trouble because he had purchased narcotics from an undercover officer. Um, but I'm not sure about any of that. I think the most important thing in my mind is that he was being threatened before he disappeared. And in my opinion, getting someone discharged because the guy was discharged, he was, it was a less than honorable discharge, um, from the Navy. If I, I can, I just imagine somebody getting mad because they were discharged because of Ronald turning them in. So, <clears throat> so when he left to go back to Pascagoula, um, he brought with him a $40 check for some spending money. But that check has never been found and it's never been cleared by a bank. So that check is also a, another thing to look out for when... I mean, for anybody investigating this case. <clears throat> so, investigators eventually told uh, Ronald's family that when he got back to the base, he was in a car with another sailor uh, when they went through the first security check um, at the first security check at a guard gate uh, at the home port is how they worded it on that morning. 
but he wasn't in the car when it got to the second gate. He apparently um, had gotten out of the vehicle after they passed through the first gate to talk to someone. And that's when he was never to be seen again. So, <clears throat> in the months that follow, and I just want to put this out there, his mother, God bless her heart, um, she was probably a force to be reckoned with. And she, she was relentless. And I'll, I'll tell you why. So... Um, for three months, uh, Ronald's mother, uh, and father drove back and forth, uh, or drove from eclectic, uh, Alabama to Pascagoula, Mississippi for three months straight and stayed in hotels to try and locate their son. So, in the years that followed Ronald's disappearance, his mother, Beverly, was so, uh, she was just bound and determined to find out what happened to her son. She tracked down other sailors that she believed were involved in Ronald's disappearance. Like, she had no fear when it came to her kid. She tracked them down and questioned them, but of course... Um, no one would admit knowing what, ha I'm sorry, no one would admit knowing what happened to him. Um, so uh, she tried her heart out, but it, it, uh, it yielded no results. Unfortunately, Beverly, his mother, unfortunately has died since, and I believe his father is still alive. Um, and in fact, his, his father is quoted as saying, Ronnie didn't just leave. I fear he was killed and dumped in a swamp somewhere between Mississippi and Alabama. Um, I'd really like to know where he is so I can give him a proper burial. It's hard not knowing where he is or what happened to him. And I can, I can only imagine uh, his poor parents uh, and his daughter who he never got to meet and who is growing up, growing up without her father. Oh, it's so heart-wrenching to me. I can't imagine a, a, a guy, um, also read some, I'm sorry, I also read somewhere that he, uh, was going to be discharged, um, for medical reasons, but that's neither here nor there. He seemed like an upstanding guy, and he had a wife and a daughter, and he had no reason to just leave. Uh, so I, I hate to think that he was met with foul play. But I mean it kind of seems like the signs are pointing in that direction. Uh, so uh, since his disappearance. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to see how long it took because the Navy eventually did declare him deceased. But I was curious to how many years it took. Uh, 
but I'm not sure it says. I, I think it might say in this Sun Herald article, but anyway, so he's been declared deceased by the Navy, who I, I'm not sure, I didn't read that part, who the in, investigating agency was. Um, yeah, it is NCIS, or the Navy Criminal Investigation uh, Services. They are investigating his case, and that's why they considered him deceased. But, so, Ronnie is missing out there. He could be anywhere, and I, I, I hope that he hasn't been met with foul play for the sake of his family, and he can just come home. But, I've watched enough true crime um, documentaries to know... <laughs> And I don't mean to laugh, um, but I've watched enough true crime documentaries to know that these kind of circumstances don't usually lead to an individual returning home uh, alive, which is quite unfortunate. Uh, so uh, I would suggest to you to read the Sun-Herald article. I found it uh, very uh, intriguing. And it had plenty of information. Uh, he is, his photograph is um, actually on all the Doe Network, the Charlie Project, and NamUs. Uh, he's a, he's, he's got like, it kind of looks like dimples. But he's um, a handsome, a handsome guy. Uh, so, if you've seen that puzzle ring, if you have seen... If you've seen uh, the Zippo lighter, if you've seen anybody matching Ronnie's description, it, I mean, anywhere between, anywhere between Mississippi and Alabama, or actually anywhere in the United States or any other area of the world, I mean, he really could be anywhere, uh, please contact NCIS and let them know what you know. If you know anything about this case... His dad just wants him home at this point. I, I hate to say that parents, I don't think parents ever give up hope. Um, I really don't think that that happens. Uh, they still always have a little glimmer that their, their child is going to return home, uh, maybe a little damaged, but they're still going to be alive and they're still going to love him. But I think his dad is being realistic about it. As much as he would hope that he would return alive, I think realistically he's looking at it like he might not be alive. And, you know, he just wants whatever he can get to, so that he can find some peace of mind so that um, they can kind of put this whole, this whole bad dream to rest for them, I'm sure. Because there's not, I mean, this was 1995, we're um, in t 2020, and still no, and still no resolve to this case, which is unfortunate. He would be, oh, I'm sorry, he would be 46 now, um, and... I can't imagine that he'd look too much different, maybe a little aged, but I, they don't have, as far as I can see, uh, they don't have any age progression photos of him. 
So, um, but I, I'm sure you could use your imagination and, you, and look at these photos and figure out or, you know, draw a conclusion as to what he might look like now. Uh, I don't think you can really, because when he smiles, he has almost like dimples. Uh, I don't think you can mistake those. <clears throat> uh, but like I said, I think the most important thing is going to be that Zippo lighter or that puzzle ring because those two things are distinguishable. Um, but this is 1995 and, you know, it's been so many years since. There's no telling where any evidence might be, any evidence of his whereabouts. So, like I said, if you know anything about Ronald Duck, or uh, Ronald Reed Duck, I'm sorry if I said that wrong at any point, I just, I, <laughs> I want to call him uh, Ronald Duck Reed, but his last name is Duck. Uh, if you know any information about Ronald, uh, contact NCIS. The case number and the contact number are on uh, at least the Doe Network. It's probably on all three. They're usually pretty good about that. So contact them. Let them know what you know. And let's get him home for his family's sake. So... This was episode one. I'm so very glad you tuned in. And I'm sorry if it was horrible. Um, I'm doing this by myself. I don't have a co-host. I'm sorry if you find me boring. Uh, but the upside is that it can only get better from here. Right? So just tune in and bear with me maybe. I'm really trying to give you something uh, informational and entertaining. And... Uh, I just want you to keep tuning in to find out about these people because they do matter. Uh, they all matter even if they might have been forgotten at some point. They never cease to exist in some people's mind. Um, so that was Angela Williams and Ronald uh, Reed Duck Jr. And this was episode one of Never To Be Seen Again. So... Uh, Let's make those, let's, let's just try and make those that were never to be seen again, seen again. And I will see you next week with episode two. Bye guys.